I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Powered by Overtime Media. What is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome into another regular season edition here at the Houdat Discussion. As always, I am your host, Andrew Galata. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew Galata. And then also, you can follow the Houdat Discussion on Twitter at the Houdat Dis. And we have a great preview episode in store for you guys today as the Saints will travel to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders in their first ever game in Vegas. So that should be a great game on Monday Night Football. And honestly, I just can't wait to see it. Can't wait to preview it right now as well. And I think we're just going to jump right into the notes, right into the intriguing matchups after. And then we'll finish off the episode with our group-by-group preview. But starting off with our notes, and as we always do, we start off with like chances to win. We talk about what Vegas is saying. So starting off here with ESPN's matchup predictor, and they say that the Saints have a 58% chance to win here on the road. And that is according to ESPN's Football Power Index. So that's something to definitely look out for. That's obviously good news for the Saints as they are a favorite to win, according to ESPN's Football Power Index. So that's obviously really big there. Right now, the Saints are favored by six points to defeat the Raiders, according to the spread right now. And that's something that I think is really good, especially on the road, being a six-point favorite on the road is something that's really good. And it's that that's definitely trending upwards for the Saints. So that's obviously really big there. And really, other notes, there are a lot of them. And there's a lot of things I want to talk about in this episode because I think the big thing that is really overarching this game is kind of like the only gray cloud for the Saints coming out of that great Week 1 victory against the Bucks, And that's that Michael Thomas is injured, and he's probably not going to play in this one. And that's something that will be a tough pill to swallow for the Saints. But you'd rather get him healthy than have him play hurt. And I think this is an injury that it's going to take some time. I mean, look, the report came out that it was going to be several weeks till he comes back. Now, I don't know if that's going to be true. I think that he's such a tough player and he's going to come back if it's possible. If it's humanly possible, he's going to come back. And I think that probably this week he'll sit out, maybe next week. And I think after that, he'll be good. And I do think that he will force himself to get out there and go if it's humanly possible. That's just the type of competitor he is, which is amazing. Like, to have a player like that on your team is inspiring, in my opinion. And it's inspiring to watch him play, especially when you fight through an injury like that. Like, that's amazing stuff there. And the good news is the Saints didn't put him on IR, which is like the three-week IR. So they didn't even put him on that as of now Thursday night here. 
So that's something to watch out for as the week progresses. But right now he is not on IR. And usually that would have been done like Thursday afternoon. So it's good that we are now at Thursday night and then there's no news about it. So that means it seems like he's going to stay on the roster here, which means that it should take less than three weeks for him to get back and ready to go here to play with the Saints. But that's definitely an injury we're going to look at. And the high ankle sprain. So that's definitely our first note. We're going to get much more into that in the intriguing matchups section. Also the skill position as well. But that's definitely something to look out for there. And I do think that, look, Breeze, like I want to put the note in, that Breeze is just so good on Monday Night Football. His career Monday Night Football record is 16-9, which is great in 25 games. He has 56 touchdowns in those games to only 19 interceptions. He's a passer rating of 106, completion percentage of over 70 and a half. Like, he is just so good. Last year in Monday Night Football, 2-0, 83.55 completion percentage, 667 yards, six touchdowns, one pick, a passer rating of 127. That's amazing. His PFF grade in those two games were a average of 93.2. Like, that's boss level. Breeze is great on Monday Night Football, and I think that's one thing that the Saints could definitely use right now is like a vintage Drew Brees game, especially with Mike Thomas out. So that's something to definitely look out for there. Now, switching it over to the Raiders, as this is going to be their first game in Vegas. This is the first game for any NFL team in Vegas. So that's something that we definitely have to mention. And it's NFL history that's going to be in the making Monday night, which is something that's always great to see and have the Saints involved. So, obviously, definitely had to point that out there. Another note for the Raiders is Josh Jacobs looks really good. He had over 90 yards rushing and three touchdowns in their Week 1 victory against the Panthers. And I think he's a guy that the Saints have to stop. It's an integral for the Saints to stop the run here and stop Josh Jacobs. And if you're the Saints, you have to really zero in on that because that's where their offense is predicated on. If you could stop the run... You could stop Derek Carr. So, again, that's something that I definitely wanted to bring up as they did a really good job against the Panthers running the ball. And then also with the big plays, it was something that was really good with the Raiders. And that's really how they were able to get that win on the road, especially on the offensive end. Defense didn't play so well, so they were kind of in a shootout. And the offense did enough. You saw uh, Josh Jacobs really run the ball, try to take some clock down. That was really good for him as well. And I think overall, when you're looking at it, like time of possession was in the favor of... Las Vegas, excuse me there. So that was obviously because of just good running. I mean, over four yards to carry, that's something that was really good for them. And that's something that you want to keep up. Like 4.3 yards to carry is good. And if you're the Raiders, you'd want to keep that up against that stout Saints front. So I think that's something the Saints will really key on. I think this probably will be the most important note for the Saints defense here to stop Josh Jacobs. So before we wrap up the notes, I do want to move over to the injury report as it is definitely an interesting one on both sides. So I'm just going to get right into it, starting off with the Saints here. And first, Marcus Davenport, he didn't practice. This is his fourth straight practice where he didn't participate. And right now, I would call it a long shot for him to play in the second straight week. The Saints got great production out of Trey Hendrickson and Carl Granerson in week one. So they'll obviously hope to continue that in the loss of Davenport. Then you have Michael Thomas, who also did not practice as well as he was absent. 
And we kind of expected this with the ankle injury, the high ankle sprain that he has. Now, the Saints haven't placed him on IR, as I said. So I think right now, he's probably into that one to three range where he's going to miss. So I'm going to cut that in the middle and say he misses two weeks. So that's really it on Thomas. And it's definitely unfortunate that he did miss his practice and probably won't end up playing. But you hope to really bring him back to that full health or at least enough health where he can play without trying to like re-injure it. Like if he can play even through the pain, if he's definitely not going to re-injure it, that's one thing. And hopefully that's the point where he actually steps on the field because we're so early into the season. I think the Saints could win without Michael Thomas. I don't want him to put in jeopardy here like his whole season for a week three game. Like that just seems irresponsible here. So again, it stinks that he's going to miss this game or probably will miss this game here in week two but you'd rather him get back to full health when he's ready to go so he's, like, just 100% for whenever he gets back, or at least close to 100% when he gets back. Then moving over to another wide receiver that was on the injury report, and that was Emmanuel Sanders, but it seems like he just got a veteran off day. It was non-injury-related why he didn't practice, so to me, that just means it was a veteran off day after his first game as a Saint, and he got his first touchdown as a Saint. Maybe it was a little kind of as like a gift, like as his first touchdown. I don't really know, but it seems like he'll be fine. And again, he'll, he should be in there as a Saints number one receiver this week for Sanders, especially if Michael Thomas misses the game. So I'm hoping he participates in the next two practices so we know he's ready to go here in week two. Then the big one and the change from last week was Cesar Ruiz, as he is now upgraded to limited practice here to start off on this Thursday. Now, if he maybe puts in another limited practice and a full practice, he should be ready to go for the Saints here in week two. And that it would obviously be a huge boost, excuse me, for the Saints here in week two. And I think that him coming in there, especially because up the middle, the Saints were pretty shaky last week. I think having Ruiz in there would really help take the Saints offense to that next level and help offset the loss of Michael Thomas. So that would obviously be really big there. And then finishing off with PJ Williams as he had a full practice after missing Sunday's game against the Bucks, That's obviously really good, and hopefully he's now full back from that injury that he suffered in the practices leading up to the game against the Bucks. here. So moving over to the Raiders, and they had a lengthy injury report here as they had multiple starters that did not practice. So, And, and that's something that will be very important leading up to the game on Monday night. So just going down the list here, starting off with Trent Brown, their starting tackle. He did not play in this practice or didn't participate, I really should say, in this practice after he went down early in Sunday's win against the Panthers. Then you had Richie Incognito, who has an Achilles injury, but also is not injury related. So he's more of a veteran player. So maybe he got a veteran off day there. Then you have Nick Kwiatkowski, who did not practice as well with a pectoral injury and he's a big linebacker and really like one of the main players in that whole defensive group so if he misses Monday's game that would be a huge loss for the Raiders there then you also had Damon Arnett who was a full practice Josh Jacobs a full practice Arden Key they were all full practices so just wanted to kind of um, give you that update as well because they were also on the injury report even though it seems like they will probably end up playing here on Monday so that's also something that I just wanted to add in there you had Jason Witten with a did not practice that was not injury related so he'll be fine 
And then also you have Sam Young. He has a groin injury, and he's kind of like their backup tackle, their swing tackle. He didn't practice as well, and that will be something to look out for. And really coming in here, you have Rodney Hudson, who also didn't practice because of veteran off day, it seems. So they had a very lengthy injury report, but the main ones here is Kwiatkowski, who seems like his availability, excuse me, for Monday could be in jeopardy. Same with Sam Young. And then also with Trent Brown as well. So those are really the big ones. And then just one more that I forgot to add. And this is actually really big. So I'm happy that I'm highlighting it here as Henry Ruggs III, the Raiders' first round draft pick. He didn't practice today as well after a knee injury late in Sunday's game as well. So it seems like if they're without Ruggs, Kwiatkowski, and then Trent Brown, those are three huge losses that would definitely hurt the Raiders for sure. Maybe like all of them combined, probably not as much as Michael Thomas, but close. So all those losses are very, very big, especially for a team that definitely doesn't have even close to the amount of depth that the Saints have there. So that's definitely something that's very interesting. And that will wrap up our notes segment here for this preview against the Raiders on Monday night. So before we move over to the intriguing matchups and then also the group-by-group preview... I want to give you guys a quick word from our sponsors over at MyBookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means insane props, epic bonuses, and the craziest cross-sport wagers. At MyBookie, winning season means watching live sports and betting live sports all season long. Rejoice, the NFL has returned. That means action-packed Sundays and huge cash prizes. Get in on the action. Use promo code OVERTIME and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. Designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games that you bet. Bet with the best this NFL season for your chance to win big. Use promo code OVERTIME and double your first deposit. And then also, one more thing. Overtime is going all in for our listeners. We are giving away $500 in cold hard cash to one lucky person who takes advantage of this offer. When you make your deposit, take a screen grab of your MyBookie account and email it to overtime at advertisecast.com. That's overtime at advertisecast.com. $500 in cold, hard cash given away at the end of September. Your winning season begins today over at my bookie. So definitely, guys, check that out if you're looking to make any wagers on Monday night's big game in Vegas. But now I do want to move over to the intriguing matchups here with this Saints-Raiders game, starting off with the Saints skill position group, Sands Michael Thomas versus the Raiders secondary that is extremely young. So I think that this may be the biggest matchup for the Saints offense. Like, what are they going to do with Michael Thomas's injury and his absence here in the offense going into this Week 2 affair? And to me, I think that right now, people are going to say that this loss with Michael Thomas was bigger than losing Drew Brees last year. And I'm going to say that it's not. 
for two reasons. Because before, I was like, the Saints, with without Drew Brees, I really felt that the Saints were going to go 500. They ended up didn't. And that's one thing why I don't think that, like, I'm as scared. Like, when Drew Brees went out, I think we were all just so scared. And now with this Michael Thomas injury, I don't think we are as scared. I think for two reasons. Number one, last year we found out that the Saints could have a ton of success without their big stars. We found that with Drew Brees being out for four games, and we found that with Alvin Kamara being out for two games, and the Saints winning every single one of them. Like, that's obviously really big. Like, without their offensive stars, they can still win games and have a ton of success. Also adding to that, the wide receiver position is different than the quarterback position to me, like, in a big way, because really with the quarterback, you have one substitution. Like, if Teddy Bridgewater wasn't up to snuff here in those four games that he missed, four and a half games that he missed... It would have been a lot harder for the Saints to win games, and that's why I was really nervous, because Teddy Bridgewater, the fate was in his hands, because you can't, like, make up for the quarterback position in other areas. I think in wide receiver, you can do that, and I think you could do that with the tight ends, you could do that with the running backs. Like, I don't think losing Michael Thomas falls solely on, like, now Emmanuel Sanders, Traquan Smith, Benny Fowler, and Deontay Harris. I don't think it just falls on them. It falls on Jared Cook. It falls on Alvin Kamara, falls on Ty Montgomery, falls on Latavius Murray, obviously falls on Adam Troutman as well, who I think that can definitely be a bigger part of the offense, especially the receiving game here without Michael Thomas, as you're just trying to keep more and more pieces. So I'm excited to see what the Saints can do with some other weapons that may have not gotten the chances if Michael Thomas was in. And maybe it opens up some opportunities. I feel like that's another thing that the Saints team is so deep. Obviously, now you get to see more guys and... I don't think like now, like if one guy fails, that doesn't mean it's all like done and over because you have so many guys that could pick up the slack. You have Jared Cook, who's a great veteran tight end that I think is going to have probably a huge game against his old team with the Raiders. I really like what he can do here in so many different facets of the receiving game. So that's definitely huge for the Saints there. You obviously have Manuel Sanders, another veteran that's known how to be the number one receiver. He knows what it takes to be a number one receiver. So I love him coming in for Michael Thomas as well. Obviously, he's not going to be as good as Michael Thomas, but I think that he could kind of take that role and like really lead that group. So again, that's obviously really, really big. Then you add guys like Alvin Kamara, who we all know is a huge receiving threat, and now he's 100% healthy, added two touchdowns against a really tough front seven with the Bucks. Now he plays a much lighter front seven, a much easier front seven to go up against, especially without Kwiatkowski here for the Raiders. So that's definitely something huge for Alvin Kamara. Then you're also adding, obviously, other wide receivers. Maybe Traquan Smith finally has his coming out party. Deontay Harris, Benny Fowler. Like, I think the Saints just have so much to really overcome Michael Thomas's loss. And this Raiders secondary, I think this is a perfect first test for the Saints because the Raiders secondary isn't that good. They just got lit up by Teddy Bridgewater and the Panthers. And no offense to Teddy Bridgewater and the Panthers and what they have, but I don't think, really, besides Christian McCaffrey, I don't think they have the firepower that the Saints have. And really, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Maybe it's the same now, but they don't have Drew Brees back there. I'd rather have Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater. So, again, that's something that, if I'm the Saints, this is a good first test. I don't think that the Raiders, when you're looking at their group, you have a ton of just really young players. Young players going against Sean Payton and Drew Brees. It's like chess against checkers. I'm sorry. Damon Arnett probably will grow into a great player, but I think right now, second game of the season, to play a guy like Drew Brees and then also Sean Payton, 
Again, that's really tough. Same with Trayvon Mullen in his second year. You have Jonathan Abrams, who was really his rookie year, because last year he was hurt all season. And then you have Eric Harris, who's definitely more of a developing player as well, a young player in his own right. So right now, that secondary is definitely inexperienced here. And that's something that I think Drew Brees, depending whoever's on the field, Mike Thomas, no Mike Thomas, I think they could take advantage of that. So I think that is a real advantage for the Saints that they can take real good um, control of here in this game. I think that the Saints have enough weapons outside of Michael Thomas that at least in this game, they have enough to really excel here. So I'm excited to see that matchup because, again, I think Sean Payton's going to definitely draw up some cool things. And I think that a lot of people said about last year with Sean Payton, like he is an amazing mind. He is just a genius and he gets bored sometimes with his offense. And now throwing in another wrinkle with Michael Thomas Hurt, it makes him now like be imaginative, think up new plays, and it keeps everyone on their toes. So as much as it's really tough to lose your first wide receiver, the best wide receiver in the league, the Saints are built to overcome it, especially here in the short term, because that's really all what, to me, it's going to be here with Michael Thomas. And that's why I think the Saints should definitely just ease back with Thomas, make sure he's 100% and ready to go for this team on the long haul here for the rest of this season, then just like rushing him back to play a week three, week four game. I don't think it's worth it. So that's why I, I do think that the Saints have enough to sustain here with without Michael Thomas to win as many games as they want here on the short term. And then long term, I think they will need Michael Thomas to probably win the Super Bowl. But that's why you really make sure he's 100% healthy. So for that run, for, I mean, it would be beyond that run. It would probably, like, if he's back by, like, week five, again, that's that's not that much of the season. And I think the Saints can win any game here without Michael Thomas in the next three weeks. So that's really just what I'm thinking there with that situation. Definitely want to give my opinion on that. Now, moving over to our second intriguing matchup, and that's going to be Josh Jacobs versus the Saints' run defense. And Josh Jacobs definitely had a good game in this one. He had three touchdowns, 25 carries, 93 yards. He definitely had a good game, and we already talked about it a little earlier in the notes. And I think it's really going to be integral for the Saints here to definitely stop the run. And you're looking what they did last last week, and they did a very good job last week, barely over three yards a carry. And they were really able to kind of, especially as the game went on, I felt like they were really able to stabilize the Bucks' rushing attack here. Now, I think it will be harder for the Raiders. But I think the thing with the Raiders is that they're not built like to pass like the Bucks were because the Bucks were more pass heavy. So you had to kind of definitely wash out for the pass. So when they ran, you it was going to be favorable boxes or more favorable boxes. For the Raiders, like you know they're going to be running it a lot. The Saints will stack the box more than often, I think, in this one. And I think that will bode well for them, especially... When, especially when they stop the run, excuse me, there, then, again, you make them one-dimensional and you make Derek Carr kind of throw some mistakes here. And I think that the Saints' defense is really set up to defend this type of offense. And we saw it last year, and I think you're going to see it magnified even further. The Saints own these types of offenses if they can stop the run. I think that's the big if. Because it was the same thing like Kirk Cousins. They couldn't stop the run, and then it kind of, then he was able to make big plays. And also, they've much, the, the Vikings had much better kind of skill position players, because I think the Raiders obviously are much worse here, but they play a similar game. Like, they try to really pound the ball out, and they try to beat you on the play action after and try to deep, beat excuse me beat you on the deep ball. And that's kind of their style of offense. 
if the Saints here can stop Jacobs, and I think they will. And everyone's saying this is the hardest running back the Saints have faced over the last few years during the streak of giving up like that less than 100 yards rushing. And to me, that's just not true. I mean, they faced Zeke Elliott twice. Zeke Elliott's the better like running back than Josh Jacobs. No offense to Josh Jacobs. He's very, very good. But Zeke Elliott, to me, is a top three running back in this game. And the Saints stopped him in his track both times. So now with Jacobs coming in here, I don't expect him to come and rush for over 100 yards. And that's something that's just my opinion. I think that the Saints are really good up the middle. I was loving what I saw from guys like Malcolm Brown, like Malcolm Roach, like also David Onyemata, Sheldon Rankins. I, I really like what they can do up the middle. On the outside, Cameron Jordan made that huge tackle for a loss, which is really nice. And then also Trey Hendrickson's good against the run as well. So I do think that right now the Saints are set up well to stop him. And then on the second level, Demario Davis, we know how good he is at stopping the run. Same with Alex Anzalone. So I'll take the Saints in this one as well. I, I, I'm very confident that the Saints could stop the run. But if the Raiders are going to win this game, they're going to need Jacobs to have over 100 yards rushing, in my opinion, and probably two touchdowns. Because they're going to have to keep it away from the Saints offense. And then also, they're going to have to really set up that play action with the deep pass. And the only way they do that is if they establish the run in a big way. So that's just really my opinion there. And then finally, my third intriguing matchup here. So without Michael Thomas, the Saints are going to have to lean very heavily on Alvin Kamara in this game. And I want to look at that matchup against him and these linebackers because these Raiders linebackers, especially without Kwiatkowski, or excuse me, their Kwiatkowski, are not very good. So I want to take a look here at their PFF grades from last week. And this linebacking grade, it just was, besides Kwiatkowski, who doesn't look like he's going to play in this one, it was poor. It was, I mean, it wasn't very good here. And you had Nicholas Morrow with a 44.8. You had Corey Littleton with a 53.1 here. Not very good. And then Kwiatkowski, who got hurt in-game, he had the 69.5. And that was really it from them. And then also you had Waquan McMillan, who came in, like, sparingly. And he had a 68 grade, but, again, only six snaps from him. So that was really it from the linebackers. So right now it's going to be Morrow, Littleton, and probably a lot of nickel defense. Again, I think Alan Kamara, we're going to really see him return to, like, that just, like, show-stopping, game-changing running back. Because last week it was so tough for him because everyone kind of underestimates how good the Bucks front seven is. And it's so good. So... Again, I thought that Alvin Kamara, I wasn't surprised like the Saints couldn't get really the running game going. I think this week they're going to have a better shot at it. I think they're going to really find some success with Kamara. And that's a matchup that I think the Saints on offense could really take advantage of, especially without Michael Thomas. Because the Raiders are really going to have to do one of two things. They're probably either going to have to double Kamara, or but that means leaving everyone else just on an island outside, or... They're going to either just go like a one-on-one with him or they're going to kind of switch up the coverage. Maybe they put like a bigger guy on him, like a cornerback. I don't really know what's going to happen. Like we see so many different ways to stop him. So I don't really know what's going to happen with them. But I think all ways lead to just other parts of the Saints offense taking advantage of it. And especially if Kamara has success early, that's going to set up the whole offense. So I see the Saints leaning on Kamara in both the receiving game and the running game here, especially without Michael Thomas. And right now there's no one one one-on-one that to me can stop him on the Raiders team. And that means doubling him. A lot of teams don't like to double running backs, especially out of the flat. So again, that's something to definitely look at here. 
as I'm looking forward to Kamara really getting that just like in open space, making plays, going back to that matrix mode. I'm really looking forward to that in this game here on Monday night. But before we move over to our group by group preview, we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Who Dat Discussion podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back into the Huda discussion. And now we're going to get into our group-by-group preview. As always, we're going to start off with our quarterbacks, go down through the offense, see who's better, Saints or Raiders, and then we'll flip it over to the defense and look who's better, Saints or Raiders, and then we'll finish off with special teams and coaching here. So starting off with the quarterbacks, Breeze, Carr, and this one to me is pretty easy with Breeze. And I know Breeze didn't have his best game last week. He was really only a game manager. But to me, he's still the better QB. I mean, Carr did play well last week. 22 of 30, almost 340 yards with 339 and a touchdown. And really, they definitely leaned on Josh Jacobs. But when Carr needed to make the throw, he made the throw. And that was something that was really big for them. I mean, in that game, really, they were able to hit the deep balls. I mean, you had Henry Ruggs who made a big play in that one on a deep throw. Also Nelson Aguilar with that great throw by Carr to get in the end zone on a 23-yard pass. So they were really able to kind of hit the play actions, go with the deep ball, and do a good job in, in, in in that respect. So that was obviously good for them. They were able to put up 30 points, 34 points. So they were really able, and Carr was able to be very efficient and did a really good job. But I still will take Breeze especially in a game like this, I, I I think that Breeze is really going to show out Monday Night Football. He always plays so well on Monday Night Football, and I don't think that changes here. I think he'll have a big week. I'll take the veteran. I'll take the player that really, again, especially with it seems like both number one receivers are going to be out with Michael Thomas and Henry Ruggs. I, I'll take the veteran in that, the more veteran player in that respect. And I think Breeze still has a ton of weapons. Without Ruggs, Carr has a lot less weapons. And again, I see the Saints, again, without Michael Thomas, turning heads across the NFL like this team can still play. Drew Brees can still play. And I think that is going to happen in this one. And I do think that Brees will end up outplaying Carr in this one. Moving over to the skill position players here. And I think without Ruggs, I'm going to take the Saints. If Ruggs play, I'll call it a push. Because that's really where I am on this one. I think Josh Jacobs and Kamara, I think, are more of a push. Maybe you want to give the edge to Kamara because he's a receiver as well. But Josh Jacobs has been very, very good at running the ball and had three touchdowns last week. So again, I could see where you really put a push there. And like, again, you would call Jacobs probably the hotter runner at this point. So maybe you want to go with the push there. But again, you can lean towards Kamara. And then without Michael Thomas, the Saints right now with their roster at the wide receiver position is pretty light. You obviously have Emmanuel Sanders, Traquan Smith, Deontay Harris there. Besides that, Benny Fowler as well. Then you're probably going to bring up Marquise Callaway to play this game. Again, am I going to take that over what the Raiders are putting out? Which is still, 
if, if Henry Ruggs plays, it would be Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, Hunter Renfro, Nelson Aguilar, Zay Jones, which is actually, like, there's some talent on that group. Now, I don't know if it's better than the Saints group, but i call it equal with, without, with, um, with Ruggs, excuse me. And then um, without Ruggs, I think the Saints do have the better group. So that's just really what I'm thinking there. And I think Jared Cook, Darren Waller, right now they're about equal, in my opinion. I think that Cook can really have a big day here. Waller's also played very, very well last season and definitely was a good replacement of Cook. But the veteran right now coming into a bigger spot in this offense, I could see Jared Cook having a huge day on this one. Like, definitely, I think, a touchdown. I could see him having a big game here, unless the Raiders really kind of key in on him, and then that sets up one-on-one opportunities for other guys, favorable one-on-one opportunities for other guys. But right now, I see Cook having a big day for the Saints. I think Cook and Kamara, I think this is their game to really shine. So definitely look out for that there. But I think at the end of the day, with Ruggs, I think it's about equal. So like Jacobs, Kamara equal. Then you have the wide receivers are equal. Tight ends are about equal. So that's like where my push comes in. I think if Ruggs doesn't play, I think the Saints have the edge at wide receiver. So that's just really where I give the Saints then the edge for the whole skill position group. Moving over to the offensive line. Giving it to the Saints. I think the Saints overall have like a top five offensive line. And the Raiders, to me, are just an average offensive line. So I'm going to take the Saints there, especially with Cesar Ruiz probably coming back in this one. That gives the Saints a huge boost on the offensive line. And for the most part, against, again, a very good front seven with the Bucks, the Saints held up. So, again, they still put up 34 points on the board. They still had a good showing there. And then, yes, were there some points that were shaky? Yes, but I think for the most part they did a good job. And I see them only getting better from here on out especially against a Raiders front seven, which is a lot worse than what the Bucks are putting out. So I'll take the Saints here. And the Bucks, look, they don't have an awful, or not the Bucks, excuse me, the Raiders, they don't have an awful your offensive line. I would just call it average at this point. If Trent Brown doesn't play and also Sam Young doesn't play, that puts them in a huge bind for a tackle because it would be their starting tackle and their backup tackle being out. So we'll see what happens there. And I think that would put them at a huge disadvantage. But again, we won't know what fully happens until game day. So right now, I'll call them average. Without those two tackles, they're probably below average. So that's why I really take the Saints in that one. So moving over to the D-line, and I'm going to take the Saints here as well. And there's probably a theme here, because I do think that the Saints are just outclassing the Raiders at basically every position. And it's not like the Raiders have a bad defensive line. They have Clinton Farrell, who's a former first-round pick, Malik Collins, they have Jonathan Hankins, Max Crosby. Like, that's not a bad group, but I think they don't have a star on that group, which is, to me, really big, that they don't really have anyone that's, like, warrants a double team, that warrants going to take over a game. They don't have anybody like that. And that's something, to me, that the Saints definitely have in Cameron Jordan. And I think even beyond that, with you obviously have Trey Hendrickson, who had a sack in the last game, and I think that he could definitely have another big game. He had a great game, and I think... That could definitely translate into this week as well. Carl Granderson looked really good kind of in the depth piece. And then the interior for the Saints, to me, is a lot better than what the Raiders are putting out. I mean, just looking at what Rankins, Onyemata, Brown, and then Roach. I mean, again, these guys are really good, really deep group. And I'm really excited to see them now go out again here in this game. Hopefully you add Shai Tuttle back in there. Should be a really good group, and I'm excited to see what they're able to put out. Maybe you have Zach Bond also play. He he was inactive. Again, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out here. And again, 
I think that the Saints do have the better defensive line in this one. Moving over now to the linebackers, and especially without Kwiatkowski here for the Raiders, I do not see them outplaying the Saints linebackers with Demario Davis fresh off his new contract extension, Alex Anzalone, Caden Ellis, who got a few snaps, but really the Saints play a ton of nickels, so it's really just Anzalone and Demario Davis right now, and then maybe Zach Bond, hopefully Zach Bond, we're hoping that he plays in this one, and if he doesn't play in this one, I'd be a little worried, just be like, where is he kind of in his progression that he's in a game day inactive, not even like he's hurt, he's a game day inactive, I'd be a little worried about that, but again, I think he may play this game and may play a role here, so that's going to be something to, to kind of look at there, and again, these guys to me are really good, especially the first two, Anzalone, if he stays healthy, He's an above-average starter in this league, and Demario Davis, we all know he's a you know top-five player here, top-five linebacker, excuse me, in the NFL right now. Again, I think that the Raiders don't have that star power, especially without Kwiatkowski. You have Littleton, who's a veteran, but to me, lost a step while he's been with the Giants over these last few years and really has gotten burned in the past. And Nicholas Morrow, who, again, had a 44.8 PFF grade, in week one, so obviously that's not very strong. He's going to look to bounce back from that. A young player, so we'll see what he can do. But again, without Kwiatkowski here, kind of the quarterback of their defense, especially of their linebacking core, I find it very, very hard for them to excel here. And I think that the Saints will definitely come out on top in this one. And then the secondary, fresh off of their great game in week one for the Saints secondary with Lattimore against Evans, completely shut him down. Then you have Janoris Jenkins, who had the pick six. You had Malcolm Jenkins, who had a good week. You had CJ Garner-Johnson, CD Deuce, who had a good week. And really, they just played outstanding. Marcus Williams had the pick as well. Like, they were just so, so good. The best group for the Saints. Like, when can you say the secondary was your best group? Especially, you know, (laughs) how this kind of these last, like, 10 years it went for the Saints. You can't say that a lot. Now, it happened here. So... Again, I think the Saints secondary is now maybe one of the strengths. I think knock on wood right now for that. But I think it's definitely possible. Like, they were a strength last week. Hopefully, they're a strength this week. And really looking at what the Raiders are putting out. They got beat on the deep ball a good amount of times last week, which is something that you don't like to see from them. Just a very, very young group. So, it's going to be up and down. You may see some great plays from the Raiders, And then you may see some, like, head-scratching, like, what are they doing? A lost coverage. Just such a young defense. You have a lot of talent there, but when you have rookies, second-year players, when you're all like that, it's very, very tough for everyone to be on the same page. So, again, I think that right now the Saints have the edge. That's why I'm going to go with the Saints. I really like what the Saints are putting out there. I think they're the better all-around group. I think that they have the most talent. Like, they have the most talented players as well. And I think right now the Raiders... They definitely make more of those head-scratching plays, but they definitely have talent as well. So you may say a little, see, excuse me, a little of both from them. So again, it's probably going to be up and down for them. I think the Saints will stay more steady. And I think Breeze has a real chance to just pick them apart. And I don't see Derek Carr picking apart this Saints secondary. So that's just really what I feel there. Special teams coaching. Special teams was the big winner last week for the Saints. And I think that right now they are better than the Raiders, who... Again, when looking at what they're doing with special teams right now, their kicker is Daniel Carlson, 
who made a 54-yard field goal and, look, made all his kicks. He looked really, really good. And you had A.J. Cole, who um, had three punts, 42.3 average, which isn't bad. So they actually looked really good last week in the kicking and punting department. But I'll take the Saints because they look like the best group out of all the NFL and special teams. Like, you have the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week with Thomas Morstead. Well, Lutz looks really good. Kick returner Deontay Harris looks really good. The coverage looks really good. Overall, great work from the Saints special teams last week, and I can't pick against them right now, even though the Raiders did look very good in that department last week as well. And then coaching, John Gruden, Sean Payton, two veteran coaches. I'll take Sean Payton this one. Again, he got his guys ready to play last week, even though his play calling was a little bit suspect. I think this week... The guys will be ready to play, and I think that play calling will be really good this week. It's going to have some extra motivation in it, especially with Michael Thomas out. I'm expecting Sean Payton to have a great day play calling, especially after some head scratchers last week. So my final score, I think the Saints will win this one by double digits in pretty convincing fashion, 35-21. I think the offense gets on track. I think the defense still continues playing good, and definitely an all-around good win, I think. And again, I think that that... It'll probably stay close early, but I think the Saints will pull away. I think right now the Saints are just classes above the Raiders. Maybe not classes, but at least a class above what the Raiders are doing. Maybe two classes as well. I mean, I think the the excuse me, the Raiders are a average team, but I think the Saints are one of the top three teams in the NFL right now. Maybe even higher. So again, that's a few classes above. And it's not to say that the Raiders are bad. I just think that the Saints are better. And I think in these situations where it's NFC versus AFC, especially with no fans involved, I think that the better team always going to come out on top. And I think that's the Saints. And I'll take them by double digits in one, by two touchdowns, 35-21 here. So that's all I have in store for you guys in this episode of the Houdat Discussion. If you like what we're doing here on the podcast, definitely follow us on all of our social media accounts. So on Twitter, you could follow the podcast at the Who Dat Dis. You could follow me personally on Twitter at Andrew Golada. And then also you could follow us on Instagram at Who Dat Discussion. And you can follow the Who Dat Discussion wherever you get all your other podcasts at Spotify, Google Play, iTunes. We are on all of those sites. On iTunes especially, leave that five-star review. That would be very, very great, and I would definitely appreciate it to hundredfold. So thank you if you can drop those five-star reviews. But with all that said, I want to say thank you guys for listening. Run it back. And who dat?